3: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters, your hour of power. Boy, you got to put your scuba gear on, take off that snorkel, it's time to go deep. And today I am talking to you from the great state of North Carolina. It's beautiful up here in these mountains. Uh, I am blessed because I am with a graduate, a friend of mine, at his uh, place of work. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm in Morgantown, North Carolina, at the Molded Fiberglass Plant. Uh, I will be joined in a few minutes after the first segment with, by Alan Fincham, who runs the plant and builds the people that build their products. You know, today's a special day. Uh, Paul Harvey, the great broadcaster, died February 28th. 2009 and Paul Harvey I remember reading about him at some point in his history in his business career 70% of all of NBC's Advertising revenue were because of him now that's impressive and Paul Harvey did a lot of great things on the radio He's a great broadcaster, but he also used to have a radio segment that he called the rest of the story and yet Paul Harvey's dead He died 14 years ago this day. And still the rest of the story is being written. See, today I want you to consider something. Consider your story that you're writing. And how are you writing it? You're writing it through the living of your life. The way you show up every day. By what you think, by what you say, by what you do, by what you don't do. The Bible calls those sins of omissions and sins of commission. Things you did that you shouldn't have done. And things you didn't do that you should have done. And see, ladies and gentlemen, we're all called to create a masterpiece called Our Life. It is an epistle on the heart of the world of those who share our world and its works. And so today, I want you to consider the rest of the story. Because we got to ask ourselves, when does the story end? That's a fair question because we're all writing a story. We're all somewhere along the storyline of that story. But one thing that none of us knows unless we choose to take our own life is when does our story end? And the rest of the story begin. Remember, in the beginning, God created. That's our first introduction to God is as creator. Then I always say drop down 25 verses, Genesis 1:26. Let us make man in our image and to our likeness. See, God made us in the God class. We were made to create. We were given free will. And I'm going to ask you today to consider: What is the story of your life? You're writing a novel. What would you name it? Are there ups and downs? Are there unrevealed things that are going to explode at some point? Is it a barn burner? Is it a tearjerker? Is it a bestseller? You're writing the novel. You're an epistle on the heart of many people. And as I'm saying this, I think about Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey used to talk about the rest of the story, and he's known for telling stories. And so what I thought I'd do today to start the show off before we had Alan join us was share with you an incredible story So how about we do a little story time with Mr. Black through the conduit of Paul Harvey.
2: And now, story time with Mr. Black.
3: If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whisper to Eve, Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that The Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is really good, and what's good is square. And the old, ah, I would teach to pray after me, our father with art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors and how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. Ah. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each, in its turn, was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, ah, uh, I'd have mesmerizing media fam- fanning the flames. Oh, if I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild until, you know, until before you knew it. You'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon, I'd actually evict God from the courthouse. Then, from the schoolhouse. Then, from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and Deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. Well, if I were the devil, I'd make the symbol an egg, and the symbol of Christmas, a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have, and give to those who want, until I've killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what do you bet? I could get whole states to promote gambling as a way to get rich. I would caution against extremes and hard work and patriotism and moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way it should be. And thus, I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. And this is from Paul Harvey. Good day. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there's something called the chain of causation. Law of causality. If then, if A, then B. A leader has vision. And a leader understands that no matter how good or how bad things are today, that this is not the rest of the story. Years ago, I did a lot of training with Maytag, a gentleman by the name of Mark Perriott. Sent a lot of people, including a man by the name of Alan Finchian. And Guess what? Maytag no more. <laughs> Mark Perriott doesn't work at Martin Maytag anymore. It doesn't exist. And then Mr. Finchin found a great company worked with about seven, eight years ago called Molded Fiberglass Group. Molded Fiberglass, my apologies. And guess what? The rest of the story is being written right now. I have have the opportunity to spend the last two days here at Molded Fiberglass Group, and after the break, we're going to bring on a good friend, a graduate of Leadership Awakening, Leadership Adventure, a man who's the builder of people who build great products for Molded Fiberglass. And it's an interesting story. And we're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about people. We're going to talk about it's never finished until it's finished. And all leaders know where they're at because they have a clear vision. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the rest of the story. We'll be back after these messages.
2: Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, March 30th through April 1st. That's likeitmatters.net.
0: Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
2: I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce wet technology softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to commerce.com. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black.
3: You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, I was was raised in a
4: church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. It's really amazing. Sorry, I'm gonna get emotional, That's okay. but it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart.
5: Like it matters unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like it matters radio. Radio Like It Matters.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like it matters, inspiration, education, application. And today, we're commemorating the death of a great man, Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey, who used to say the rest of the story. And today, that's what we're calling our radio show, the rest of the story. You know, let me tell you about a huge failure. Here's a guy that was such a failure for most of his life. You know, he lost his job in 1832, defeated for legislature also the same year. A year later, failed in business. A year after that, was elected to the legislature. But a year after that, his sweetheart died. He had a nervous breakdown the following year. Two years later, he lost another election. Then he took some time off, figured five-year rest, don't go back at it. Well, guess what? Five years old. Five years later, he ran for Congress again. And guess what? He lost. Three years after that, though, he finally won, and then he ran again two years later, lost again, and then he ran for a different office a year later and lost, and then he ran for the Senate five years later and lost, then he was defeated for the nomination of vice president and lost, and then he was defeated for a run at Senate two years after that and lost, and then two years later, he was elected president of the United States, and what's his name? Abraham Lincoln. Would you consider Abraham Lincoln a failure? Nope. You'd consider him probably one of the greatest presidents that this once great country had. And if I was to name names like Sam Walton and Mary Kay and a lot of other people, Colonel Sanders, who at long stretches of their life had a lot of failure, large portions of their life had defeats. But you know what they knew? They knew That the story wasn't over. And so with each one of those people, I shared their names. We got to know the rest of the story. And each person, no matter where they're at right here, right now, unless you're ready to go be with the Lord, there's still more to be written. And I'm blessed because I get to meet a lot of people at a pretty deep level. And I was telling you before the break about my work with Maytag, done a lot of work in Mexico and the Mequilas and and Iowa, had a big Maytag plant. We did a lot of work, man, uh, did a lot of work out there, had a lot of great days in Iowa. And uh, while I was in Iowa, one of uh, Mark Parrott's leaders was a man by the name of Alan Fincham. And Alan went through my awakening, went through my adventure, uh, and then Maytag went under. Uh, sold out or whatever it was, I don't know, the details doesn't really matter for the story but no longer existed. And I lost connection with Mark Perriot and I lost connection with Alan Fincham. And then about a few years back, maybe six, five, four, I don't know, seven, (laughs) I got a phone call. And a man reached out to me by the name of Alan Fincham, because he was now at this brand new company, this company called Molded Fiberglass, this privately family-owned company, a company I think is somewhere around $400 million company, pretty big company. And Alan started sending some people to awakening. And Alan started sending some people to adventure, and we had to get creative. And Alan's building a team and building some great leaders and building some great great people into great tomorrows. And now the company's been so successful, now they're actually going through an ESOP. And now the employees are now taking ownership of the company. And, man, all building a great foundation that's changing people's lives, changing people's future. And uh, Alan had me come up to Morganton, North Carolina, to do a little bit of work. And uh, what I thought I'd do is have him join us on the radio because he's a builder of people. He's a great leader. Uh, he's a man who knows uh, the power of our training and knows the power of people. And put the two together and watch out because we can do some great things. And so, without further ado, let's welcome Alan Fincham to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, Alan?
5: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Scott.
3: How long ago? So, when did you reach back out to me uh, with MFG? How long ago do you think it was? Uh, four
5: or five. Four or five yeah. years ago. Yeah. I'm terrible
3: at time. Yeah. Terrible at time. I go to class two day classes like two weeks, so I'm terrible at time. So, what was the purpose? What did you reach out for me about four or five years ago for?
5: Well, as you as you mentioned, I. Uh, uh, I was fortunate. Uh, Mark Perriot was, was a great leader. When I worked at Maytag, we, we went through, we had a lot of training. It was just it was just part of our culture at Maytag. Uh, and I was uh, fortunate enough to go through Leadership Awakening and Adventure while I was there, which was about 21 years ago. Oh, wow. It's the only training, and I, and I say this to, to others, it's the only training that I've had uh, 20 years ago that I still remember the core principles of the mm-hmm. training and still work to apply many of those things. Uh, in my life, and so it was powerful enough for me uh, in my development that uh, I, I felt it uh, uh, necessary and and needful to to pass on to others, and so that's what we're doing.
3: Yeah, and so you started sending people to awakening. What what is one of the biggest things that you notice from people when they come back from leadership awakening?
5: Well, they have there. There's obviously a, a lot of uh, energy. They're they're more open, especially the first uh, the first few weeks, yeah. to talk about what's <laughs> happening. Um, in, the, in their life, whether it be at home or here, um, there's passion, there's focus, uh, there, there's more dedication uh, in, their, in, in their work here. And, and there's, this, there's a thankfulness for them from them uh, to uh, the person that, that uh, gets to send them. So I'm very thankful for that. I get as much out of it right. as, as they do, for sure.
3: Yeah, and the cool thing, and Alan's actually come out to graduations to see him, and, and the cool thing is Leadership Awakening is unique for each person. Because we're all at a different place in life. Some of us have more baggage than others. not wrong or right, good or bad. It's just what it is. Some of us have more trauma from the past than others. Some of us have more gifts and talents than others. Some of us, it's not right or wrong. It's just, it's just what it is. And so when people go through my training, I always compare it to Swiss cheese. You know, if you take two pieces of Swiss cheese and you lay one over the other, they look like they're about the same. But you'll notice if you put them directly over each other, the holes are a little bit different. They're a little bit different shaped. And to me, that's what every human being's like. We have shortcomings. You know, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all have certain strengths and weaknesses and areas that we need to improve on until we take our last breath and cross over to glory. And so I get so many people, Alan, I want you to talk about this, that they say when they get down to class, like, you know, I love the class that changed my life, but they say, I feel a little guilty. What do you mean? Well, my boss sent me, they sent me for work. But I really feel like this changed me personally. It, it's improved my relationship with my kids. I'm a better spouse. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm walking with God closer. I mean, that's interesting, right? You actually send people to our training knowing that a lot of what they're going to get is personal. It's not about the business. It's about them. Tell me a little bit about that.
5: Well, I think most companies would say that their most important asset is, is their people, their, mm-hmm. their employees. And, and, I, and I ask, is it? Uh, is it really the most important thing? Because if it is, what, what, are, you, what are you doing with them? What are you doing for them? Uh, they, people spend a lot of time at work, but that, but that's not it. There, there's, there's good things going on with some people. There's bad things going on with some people. There's stress uh, that we're not aware of. There, there, there's just so much that are going on in people's lives. And so if we say that people are the most important asset that we have, then we need to help them. We need to help them. Yeah. Uh, and understand them, and have them be able to come and talk to us, and mm-hmm. be able to talk to them, uh, and open up, and um, not necessarily bring their problems from home to work, but it happens. If we don't think it happens, then we're, then we're fooling ourselves. Yeah, that's
3: a human being. Yeah. Uh, you, that's one thing that I realize. That's a living, breathing human being. Uh, and it's interesting because, and again, no names mentioned, but you know, I, I counsel with a, a, a one of your uh, team members. Uh, he's a leader. He's a graduate of mine. And, you know, we could tell that there was something not right, you know, and again, no names here. But uh, so it, was, it felt like a disconnect. So I sat down with him, and he opened up to me and, and shared some things, that are, and we're going to talk about some of those things. You know, you guys are going through an ESOP, which is exciting, but also it's different. Things change a little bit, and people get worried when things change. Uh, and so we figured that was a lot, but as we got talking a little bit more, he opened up and said, well, I'm, I also got some issues at home. Uh, and, uh, he had shared that stuff with me and all that. And I didn't want to share it with Alan, uh, and his other managers. And so we had, uh, I, I, when I was done talking with him, we had him leave and Alan and I talked again and, and Alan said, you think we should just bring him in and talk to him together? I said, I think it's a good idea. And, I, and, uh, I didn't tell them any of the personal stuff that he had told me about, uh, his, um, personal life. But when he came in after talking to me for 20 minutes of opening up, he just opened right up to them. And what he said was, yeah, all the other stuff. Yeah. But he said, my personal life, my marriage is struggling a little bit. I, I want I can fix my marriage. And that made things so much worse. And then all the changes at work and all of a sudden. And so it was a personal thing that was affecting his professional relationship. And so to think that our employees who have spouses, who have kids, who have parents, who have trauma, who have drama, who live in the same country that we do who are struggling – why would they not have issues? And if you have an employee that's going through a divorce or an employee that's losing a child, or an employee that's uh, in a medical situation, you don't have a full employee, Alan. You know that. They're, I mean, they want to be there, but how much can they give when their heart's broken? How much can they give when they're empty inside? And so that's why this is so valuable. And the way I put it, Alan, is when you improve the person, you improve the performance. And when you improve the performance, you improve all relationships, both business and personal. Uh, as a matter of fact you you have a couple people going through leadership adventure uh, this weekend in Dallas so tell us about adventure what What do you notice about people when they come back from adventure
5: well certainly there's there's some things from awakening the transition or transfer over to to adventure but uh, the biggest thing uh, by far that that we see is is a better better team building a uh, better understanding of what a team is how to how to participate in that team how to be engaged with that team. Uh, we, we've been fortunate. We, we always send a few people so that those people that go together, they're going to have a unique relationship without question. Uh, but even the people that don't go together, when they, when they come back, they're bringing a skill set with them back that help them uh, with team building and, and, the, and the rest of the team and things that we're, we're wanting to get done here.
3: Yeah, and, it's, uh, and the cool thing is I create worst-case scenarios in my training. So I it's situational training. So I put them in real-life situations where they have to consider. And so it's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. they got to move through fear. And by doing that over and over and over, over an intense 48 hours, it seems like two weeks, when they come back, they're different because they've been through the fire. They've been challenged. They've had to learn to overcome fear. They've had to learn how to, to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, hit again with Mr. Black. And so, what could be so bad as Mr. Black? Now he's back at work. And so, it actually, you know, once you learn how to function at a high level in a stressful environment, um, that's the key. And once they do that with Mr. Black, it's no problem, Mr. Fincham. <laughs> we're getting ready to go hard break. Uh, stay with us, please. Uh, when you come back after this three-minute break, we'll have Alan Fincham, and today we're talking about the rest of the story on Black. We'll be right back.
2: To learn more from Mr. Black, the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis is March 30th through April 1st. Details at likeitmatters.net.
0: Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we.
2: Do you believe the idea of America works for everyone regardless of race? Or is this nation structured to undermine the lives of people of color? Listen to a special panel discussion with Alpha News host Liz Collin discussing the most censored group in Minnesota, Common Sense Black Americans. Tune in to AM 1280 to Patriot tonight at 7 for the special live broadcast sponsored by Take Charge Minnesota, supported by Co Roundtable for Moral Capitalism and Robinsdale
1: Women's Center. That's tonight at 7. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today I am in Morgantown. I'm oh, sorry, Morgantown. There's no W there. I learned that yesterday. Morgantown, North Carolina. I am at the incredible plant of molded fiberglass. You get a chance to look it up. Uh, what is it? Moldedfiberglass.com or MFG.com. Moldedfiberglass.com. Check it out. Great group of people. A uh, large family-owned business that's now being uh, taken over by the own, uh, the employees in the ESOP. Uh, they got like uh, 10 or 11 plants all over the world. They have plants in Mexico, in Ohio, in Dallas. Great company, uh, impressive company. And we are blessed because we have the guy who runs the whole thing here in North Carolina. And the cool thing about this is the guy I'm talking to, I met him a long time ago, 21 years ago, with another company, another friend. That company went under. My friends departed, and I had no connection to him. But that wasn't the rest of the story. And see, then my friend got a new job and years later called me about five years ago. And then he started sending some people through. And then we went from about six to nine months where no one else was going through. And I thought, is this the end of the story? But it's not because <laughs> the rest of the story is still being played out. And so I am here in Morgantown. And I was blessed enough to come up here the last couple of days and do a a couple of presentations called The Pattern of Success and work with a couple of our graduates and a great team up here. So let's welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, Mr. Alan Fincham. Again, Alan, thank you so much for having us here.
5: Thanks, Scott.
3: Pleasure to have you. So you send people to awakening, you send people to adventure. What was the purpose of bringing me up uh, to Morganton?
5: Well, I wanted to uh, take advantage of, of having you here so that we could get a larger group in front of you. Uh, spend some time. Uh, it's not. It's obviously not an awakening class. It's not an adventure class. It's not. It's not two full days. It's. A, it's a few hours uh, to refresh some folks or remind some folks that have been through awakening and/or adventure. Uh, but just as important, or maybe more important, the the folks or the team that we have here that hasn't had the opportunity yet to go awakening or adventure, just to hear uh, w- what the course is for you to to just touch on some of those things to begin to uh, work, work with them, to help them understand. And um, it, it's, been, it's been a great uh, two days since you've been here, had great feedback uh, from both groups. Mm-hmm. Folks that have been through the class were um, glad to have that reminder. Uh, and almost, almost everyone that hasn't been through the class come up and talk about, boy, I'd like to, get, I'd like to go to the class. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, man, that was powerful. Thank you. Not only was it uh, some things that can help me here, but uh, some things that can help me at home or get get me thinking. And man, I wish my brother could have been here. One person said, mm-hmm. just you know, just really good mm-hmm. good feedback to get them to get them started and uh, looking at some things that uh, will help them. I mean, again, we're building people. Yep. Uh, so when they're when they're looking and improving themselves, they're they're going to be improved here. Um, we want to we want people to have good lives. Uh, we, have to, we, have to, we have to work. We have to do things. We have to, we, you and I were talking about this before, before the radio show started. We have to hit targets. Yep. Uh, we have to do the things that, that are required here at work. But I believe that the things that uh, your training has offered helps, helps with both those things yep. and makes us better.
3: Well, and there's so much change. I mean, you and I talked about this personally as friends that America's changed. Uh, the business world has changed. Getting employees and the ability to get employees has changed, and good employees have changed. So a lot of change, and there's a lot of change going on here at Molded Fiberglass. I mean, you guys are growing, but the industry's changed too. I mean, with COVID and all that, supply chain, all that, and you know, the last couple of years with you, man, I my heart's been you know hurting for you because you've had to get really fluid and really kind of take from over here to move to here and really almost play like a Tetris game. How does everything fit together and rearranging it? And so, so much going on. And one thing I learned, you know, I've studied human beings deeply for 30-plus years. And one thing I know as creatures, we hate change. We hate change. We're afraid of change. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, (laughs) right? Leave it alone. Can't we all just get along? We've never done it that way before, right? Right. And so not only is America changing, our education, our values have changed. Uh, So much has changed. And now there's all this change at work because now you guys have decided to change the structure and go from being a a privately held company to an employee held company. And with that change, a lot of things happen. People get scared because, oh, here we are. We've had to move these resources and then what is the company in trouble? I mean, people get afraid and they get panicky. And then when they don't have information, what they do, they fill in the blanks themselves. And so a lot of what I do is I help people embrace change. Uh, to not get stuck in that stale comfort zone because our comfort zone is where things go to die. And so that's why I love the pattern of success. Like you said, when I can come on site to a, a company that's selling all, sending their executives to our leadership training, that usually means that there's a large section of their employees that don't go because $2,500 is a lot of money. So I know that. And so what me coming on site and doing these little two-hour talks allows to do to, is, like you said, is re-spark the graduates, And then whenever I talk about my training, I always give them a taste. I like to joke around a little horty orv of what we do in class. And like you said, they got that. They got a sense of what the training that their executives went through was and they got a piece of it for themselves. But what it also does is it allows them to take a look at change, and I thought it was great what you did yesterday, and, and again, you share as much detail as you want, but you guys are going through change because you're actually buying the company from the owners, the employees are, so you're gonna have revenue share, all that stuff, great stuff, but because of that, there's a shift in the funding, financing, short-term shift, because you got a plan, and with that causes uncertainty in people that shouldn't be there. Talk a little bit about that. Well. I think
5: that's one of the beauties of, of uh, what we were able to do the last couple days because uh, we are going through some change, and, and it's good change. Uh, we, ha- we have or had an owner that wanted the, the culture to uh, continue with molded fiberglass, and the best way to do that was instead of selling it to some other company and, and who knows what happens then, uh, we've sold the company to the employees, uh, and, and we communicate with that. We're, we're learning. The, the leadership is learning what this means and we're communicating with uh, up and down the, the the chain to all the teammates that we have but but they get they get confused, they get scared, they don't know and and we think they do. and we've ha- had multiple people just the last couple of days come up and talk about this. so <laughs> so I realized, boy, we not only have change within the company, but we have change with within the plant here. So there are a lot of people that are people are afraid of change in general, but they're they're worried. And and so I spent some time just uh, uh, talking to a few folks and then brought a couple groups together and actually brought, you're not aware of this, but brought another group together this morning just to communicate and make sure people understand what's happening with the ESOP. We're strong as a company. We're better as a company. We're continuing to grow and we're going to benefit together with that. But then as, with the plant, where we were two years ago, where we're going and where we're at in that journey, a vision, right? You talk about a vision. We have to have focus to towards that vision. So here's the vision. Let's not forget it because we're growing towards that vision and, and we're close. You know, We're close to seeing that vision. And then there's going to be another vision that we're going to have to talk to people. But uh, the last couple of days has been helpful, I think, for people, for me to understand their fears, what they're not hearing, what they're thinking. And it's given me the opportunity then to... Um, remind people and talk to people and and explain to people what's happening to ease their concern and let's get together and let's let's go attack this thing.
3: Now, here's a cool thing. You weren't aware of this. You were not aware of this confusion. I'll just call it confusion because I believe it's all coming from the same place. There's a lot of confusion in our world today. So you were really kind of unaware of all this confusion. Correct. Okay, which is this is where God is so good. Because that was not why you brought me up here. Right. But look, one of the great benefits of it, it brought something that was there that you couldn't see up to the surface. And if you don't know what's going on, how do you deal with it? And then so many times things go on that we're not aware of and they never get dealt with. And then there's a divorce that takes place or there's something worse that takes place. And so, man, what a, what a blessing this has been to realize there was something kind of brewing under the surface you weren't even aware of, but now you could nip it. Nip it. And again, if you notice, me being here talking to people openly, notice how kind of people just start talking openly more? It's just I realize that people don't normally talk this open. I've heard so many of my executives tell me, do you know, when you come on site, it seems like everybody's free to talk. It's kind of, what do you do to people? I go, nothing. It's just, I don't know. But, yeah, people open up because we get real. Alan, you know that. Um, you know, we're not, I won't say political correct. We don't stomp on people's feelings, but we're pretty real. We don't sugarcoat things. and We're not, we're not soft. and We're also not hard on people. But we care about people, and Jesus said the truth will set you free. I think it was Garfield that said, but first it will make you miserable. <laughs> and people are afraid of that misery pain, and so they don't accept the other. But, uh uh you know, that – what you did yesterday, you – it was so cool because with his hands – you can't see me because we're on the radio. But Alan put his hands up like a, a – stretched them out and said – this is where he started. This is where we're going. He's got his hands about three foot apart. And he goes, but right now, now they're only about two foot apart. He's putting his hand up there. We're about three quarters away. We're right here right now. <laughs> but we're going there. That was so, I don't know if, if you know how powerful that was. That I wish I would have taken a picture of that or a little video of that. Because what you did in that two minutes, three minutes was priceless. Because you did this. You weren't even aware of it. You put this thing out there and put this and did this. We're here and we're here now. And, we're here. and you were so pointed with your I mean I wish I would have filmed it it was really good I didn't want, I forgot to tell you that yesterday it was really good because I could see exactly and because I always step into a listener's shoes because I want to know what they're hearing they knew exactly what you were talking about. You made so much sense yesterday. in that little three, four minutes that you talked, I think that was huge. I think that was as valuable as anything else that we did by having – And because that core, the group that we had at 230 uh, was more of the executive groups and, and different people. So I think that message, God had you prepare that message without you realizing it specifically for that group. And now you also delivered that same message you said this morning I did to a different group. Yep. See, this is what we're talking about, the rest of the story. You know, what do Michael Jordan, Abraham Lincoln, and J.K. Rowling all have in common? They know that failure is a stepping stone to success. And so does Alan, and so do I. And sometimes you realize that just where you're at right now may not be comfortable, but it's not the rest of the story. I'm Black. We'll be back.
5: Welcome to the world
3: of
4: Mr. Black.
3: You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I
4: was I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life, and this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith, and that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing, and I just I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night. You know, He's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But He's here for, for me
3: right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you?
4: Oh, it's it's, it's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. Okay. But it's, it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like It Matters' unique approach allows people
5: to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio radio like it matters
0: sightseeing in paris at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
2: c.s lewis once said education without values seems to make man a more clever devil a christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience
0: wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at
3: minneapolis.salemsurround.com. This is Scott B. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters and your host for Like It Matters Radio, calling all Leadership Awakening graduates, the time is now to raise the bar to finish what you started As a graduate of Leadership Awakening, you know how transformational awakening is. However, it's also incomplete. Leadership Adventure is about applying what you learned in Leadership Awakening. How do you take a team of leaders through the undulating line of life and success? Welcome to the second half of the Leadership Experience Leadership Adventure. This is a fun class and is done in an outdoor adventure setting. Leadership Awakening goes from 1 to 25. Leadership Adventure goes from 26 to 100. This is not Leadership Awakening a second time. It is a whole new adventure that picks up right where you left off in Leadership Awakening. If you are ready for the next level, the time is now to register for Leadership Adventure, March 2nd through 4th and April 9th through 11th. Details at likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. What is success? Ladies and gentlemen, we need to define success. Because if you have not defined success, then how do you know if you're on course or off course? Planes crash and people die. It's a fact of life. And the way you live your life is the way you will die. It is a tragedy and it's growing tragedy that there are a lot of young, healthy people dying for no reason. And so more so true today than ever before you need to make sure you get your life in order because the way you live your life is the way you'll be remembered because planes crash and people die. And what are you here for? Are you here to survive? Are you here for success? Or are you here for significance? And significance requires others. But success isn't a bad focus. Success to laugh often and love much. To win the respect of intelligent persons and the affection of children. To earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends. To appreciate beauty. To find the best in others. To leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or redeemed social condition. To know even one life as breathe easier. Because you have lived. This is to truly have succeeded. That was by Ralph Waldo Emerson, but this is by Michael Jordan. I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Whether you're talking about Mary Kay, Sam Walton, Colonel Sanders, Scott Black, Alan Fincham, <laughs> the story's not finished until you take your last breath on this planet. And then I might suggest, then you'll find out the rest of the story. And today I'm in Morganton, North Carolina, at the plant of molded fiberglass with its leader, Alan Fincham. And Alan had me come up here to do yesterday something that I call the Pattern of Success you got to have a pattern, and you got to have a definition of success. If you have defined success and you put a plan in place, then you are on a journey that very few people are on, but one that you should be on. And so, Alan, thank you again for joining us here at Like It Matters Radio. You know, you got a lot of exciting things going on here. I'm so honored to be a part of it. Um, what do you see uh, in the future for molded fiberglass? Where is molded fiberglass going?
5: Well, the, the whole ESOP thing is, is a change for us. So you know, we're, we've got to get our feet underneath us and, and understand that. But we, but we have such it's, – it's just a great company. We have great people that uh, um, understand the business. We have long, long-term employees that are well-known in the industry. Uh, so, you know, we're going to do nothing but grow. This company will grow um, with, you know – whether it be at the plant level or opening new plants, uh, just the employees are going to grow with us. It's, it's just exciting because when we would talk about growth at the company, um, now we're talking about growth and, and all of our teammates or employees get to grow with us. So they get to see the benefit of, of the
3: good things that can happen. And you guys actually, it was so cool, I got to tour your plant. You guys actually do molded Fiberglass, what a concept. That's the name of your company. Pretty astute people you are. <laughs> Molded fiberglass. I was impressed. But So you guys make what? You basically make anything. What do you guys make? Tell us a little bit about the business itself. Well, we, I mean, fiberglass, of course, is our, is our
5: core business. Uh, here in North Carolina, we're making parts for, for heavy truck. Uh, we make some bathware parts. We're making some automotive parts. Uh, we are pretty diversified within, uh, within the company and our other plants. Uh, within automotive, we do construction. We do uh, trays, candy trays. Um, you know, anything that's that's fiberglass. What a lot of people might think it's plastic, it could be yeah. fiberglass. I was but, stunned
3: by yeah. some of the things I saw that felt like metal. One felt like metal. One felt like plastic, a hard plastic, and you're, it's all fiberglass. It's all fiber. stunning. I'm, I'm tapping it. It feels like metal. It goes, no, that's fiberglass. And that other thing, that one little uh, uh, generator tray, that was pretty cool. The stand? Right, right. That felt like it was hard plastic. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's what it felt like, just a hard plastic that you set it on. Uh, you do put it for generators, right? A big things. Big a was, generators sit on sit on top of it, and so it's
5: replacing concrete.
3: Yeah, it's so, they're so cool. On so cool. But you said something I want to address real quick. Uh, you said it so great. You said you want to continue the culture. When you talked about the ESOP. The reason that the owners wanted to do that is because they wanted to keep the culture in place. And can I tell you, what I've seen since I've been here is a great culture. Uh, and for you guys that don't know, when we're talking about culture, please know I'm not talking about yogurt. There's no yo play here. We're not making yo play here. That's not what we're doing here. Culture is a series of repeated norms, acceptable behaviors, rules of interaction, if you will, how we deal with employees, how we deal with customers, what's the mindset, how do we treat each other with respect, what's the, so it's basic core rules, if you will, of how things are done, the way things are done in our business. Uh, And your culture here is, uh, it's um, opening, uh, people feel accepted. Uh, people are, I I've enjoyed the culture. That's a big part of you. And, and you said something about to remind one thing that you've had me do here. The next couple of days is to remind some that remind. I love that word because if I study words and to remind is to remember, to recollect. To, and if you listen to the words, you're putting things back together. You're, again, giving people a picture of what something should look like, sound like, feel like, something they walk in every day. It becomes part of their fiber. That to continually remind, remind. What you're saying is you're putting it on their mind, putting it on their mind, putting it on their mind. Why does that matter? Because we move in the direction of our focus. And if they're focused on that culture, then they're moving in the direction of that culture. Tell me about the culture here. You guys have a pretty cool culture. Uh, uh, I mean, that's important to you, correct? And that's the core, your core values. Absolutely. We have, uh, you know, everybody talks about culture. And,
5: and, you know, a lot of times when people are talking about culture, it, it means they don't have a good culture. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to convince themselves. Uh, but we've got, uh, it's a team. This is a team. Uh, we don't call our, our our people employees. we call them teammates. uh everyone's important. everyone uh has a job to do um we need to respect that respect the person um not only here at work but outside of work. This is a small community we live in, so we we run into people um it's It's not uncommon to see people out together uh we do you know picnics or but if we're not doing that, they're doing that yeah. themselves so they're it's they enjoy working together. It's a great team. it's a great culture. They'll help each other out it's It's so interesting when something happens, uh, whether that's good or bad, to see how 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 people um, work together to celebrate that or to help that person we we had one of our teammates had an awful awful situation here a month ago. His son passed away mm. and to see this team step up and help that person mm. through just an incredibly difficult time, it's not just about making a fiberglass it's about it's about that person and when and when they know when we when they know we care about them and we care about each other then you have a better teammate Mm -hmm. you have someone that's gonna that's gonna do a better job
3: yep so true and you got the culture and you believe it and they live it so uh, I appreciate your time. Real quick, how do they check out Molded Fiberglass? you got a company, you're always looking for good employees, uh, you guys are growing. How would they check out Molded Fiberglass?
5: Moldedfiberglass.com.
3: That's the, that's the easiest way. That's awesome. the best place. Awesome. And Alan, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Love being here in Morganton. I love the place. I had a great dinner last night. Was it Las Salsa's? Las Salsa's. Give them a shout-out, Las Salsa's. Food for three people in one plate. I'm telling you, a lot of food. And I was able to give it to a guy who had lost his place to live last night. So it was pretty cool. So God bless you, my friend, and look forward to coming back here again. Thanks, Scott. Always appreciate it. All right. So, you know, we talk all the time about people. It's all about people. And that's what I love about the people like Alan Fincham and Mark Perriott and Brett Wassel and... Uh, so many people out there, Mike Rhodes and Mike Taylor. I could give you a list of names off the top of my head. They love what they do. They're good at what they do. But what they do is they build people. They pour into people. They invest in people. What is the greatest asset of any team? It is the hearts and minds of our people. And right now we live in a confusing world People are being pulled. People are being told they're bad because their skin color. People are being told they're, they're not good because of this or because of that. People are lost. People are confused. They need some encouragement. They need some hope. And we spend a majority of our waking hours at work. What if every workplace had a great culture? What if every workplace believed in their people? What if every workplace built up their people, taught them how to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today? That's what under construction is. That's what Dr. Deming brought to Japan. And we know today as Six Sigma, Lean Sigma, Lean Manufacturing, but in the training world, we call it like it matters. We call it leadership awakening. We call it leadership adventure. And we call it life-changing because we work on the two most important assets of every team, of every family, of every person. And that is their heart and that is their mind. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio. I am willing to remind you in a gentle way when you live your life like it matters. It does.